1: Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And this is a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Uh, We are in Berea as the Browns will be heading to Pittsburgh this weekend, Mary Kay, as will you and I. And of course, real quickly, I want to give a shout out to Sibling Revelry Brewing, our sponsor here on the podcast, SiblingRevelryBrewing.com. I actually had a a Sibling Rev... Uh, beer this week the ohio native fest beer uh, i believe is what it was it was good it was was great so i I picked it up at a an acme Uh, so those of you who listen in the akron area know exactly what that is but they're also at uh, Giant Eagle, Uh, they do tastings at Heinen's, all sorts of places like that. So head to siblingrevelrybrewing.com and uh, check out their events, their beers, all that good stuff. And their their tap room in Westlake.
0: Yeah, and uh, the more we have before one of these podcasts, the better the podcast will be. Exactly.
1: That's our (laughs) our new theory. And also we're working on uh, nailing down an event there during the bye week. So uh, that that should be fun. Uh, Sometime during the bye week we'll have details coming out. Uh, from that so Mary Kay let's get into it before we start looking ahead to the Steelers game of course the big story this week and we talked about it a little bit on Sunday after the game is Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley Uh, Hugh Jackson said he wanted to get more involved in the offense uh, this week we got to hear from Todd Haley yesterday which was Thursday Um, it doesn't sound like a whole lot has changed necessarily here Um, did, did you kind of expect more to happen
0: Yeah, I thought maybe there would be a little bit more involvement by Hugh, but that thing blew up (laughs) to the point where, uh, you know, it just really kind of took on a life of its own. And so I wonder if things just didn't need to settle down a little bit and, and get back into a normal range. but. You know, I really don't think it's the worst thing in the world for Hugh Jackson to get involved in the offense. That is his area of expertise. Would we have freaked out if if Mike Pettin got more involved in the defense? I mean, you know, that's what these people do. If that's your expertise on that side of the ball, that is what you do. But I think uh, the interesting thing is that it has been a work in progress between Todd Haley, and Hugh Jackson. Hugh has tried to turn the offense over to Todd Haley. That's a difficult thing to do when you've been calling the plays yeah. for many years on your own and you like things done a certain way. But he did it, and he really, for the most part, has let Todd do his own thing. Well, when you come out of a game where they didn't score a point in the first half against a Bucks defense that had been giving up 25 points a game and then didn't get a first down in overtime – You know, you can see the frustration starts to bubble over. Plus, it was a tough loss. they lost on a 59-yard field goal. Jabril had fumbled. Uh, So it was a very difficult loss. It was an emotional time after the game. But, you know, I really don't have any problem with Hugh wanting to get more involved in the offense.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's kind of the thing in all of this. The offense has really struggled under Todd Haley. Um, You know, they haven't gotten a lot going offensively. You mentioned it. Uh, They had two points at halftime because of a safety. The offense didn't score a point. They had right. 74 yards of offense in the first half against just an abysmal Tampa Bay Tampa Bay defense. Um and and they're going to have to get their offense going here because you've got uh Pittsburgh this week, Kansas City the week after that, Atlanta the week after that. All of those are, you know, Pittsburgh's an okay defense. The other two are not very good defensively. So you know you at least are going to have a chance to put up some points against those teams potentially um, you you want to get this offense fixed now hugh jackson hasn 't exactly set the world on fire the last two years either, uh, but i i 'm with you, I understand him saying look i'm I was hired because of my offensive play calling that 's why the Haslams brought him here that 's why Jimmy Haslam stood in front of us in Pittsburgh last year and said he was keeping him because of his play calling ability so um, it, it's understandable that Hugh Jackson wanted to get more involved. It's also understandable that maybe Todd Haley is saying, "You know what, Hugh? I got this. I've I've done pretty well with this before too."
0: Yeah, and, and I think when you look at it, too, and you dig in a little deeper, you see that the defense leads the NFL with 20 takeaways. Yeah. When you lead the NFL with 20 takeaways, you should be at the top of your division. That's an insane amount of takeaways. And, again, it's number one in the NFL. They're not scoring off of these takeaways. They are just not scoring at all. Uh, they have scored an average of 1.5 points off of those 20 takeaways so that's really really been hurting uh this offense uh, now having said all that i do think that they are receiver challenged i've been writing that mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks and weeks i don't think there's an easy solution to it you don't want to give up you know a, a really high draft pick there's not a lot of of guys you know just sitting around out there waiting for the phone to ring there are a couple there's des bryant and terrell Pryor, but for whatever reason they don't seem ready to jump on the terrell Pryor thing even though i think hugh jackson likes him and would probably do it. Uh, For whatever reason, that is not happening or hasn't happened yet. And then, um, you know, then there's Des Bryant. And it just, you know, they've had plenty of opportunities to do that. And at this point, it just doesn't look like that's going to happen either.
1: Um, And and really it does, you know, (laughs) this just brings out more of that tension that that we saw on hard knocks, uh, that we saw when Josh Gordon was out there on that very first snap against Pittsburgh in week one. This just brings a lot of that bubbling back up, and it's just one of those things that we'll keep an eye on, especially if they go to Pittsburgh this week and lose, and the, the losses keep piling up into the bye week. It's going to be something that we have to keep an eye on.
0: Well, not only that, you, can, you could tell if you listened to Todd Haley's comments yesterday, he was not happy about the Carlos Hyde trade, not happy about that at all. He liked having that veteran in there. He felt that Carlos Hyde was part of the culture change that they're trying to achieve around here. And he made his feelings known about that. And I think that that was an effort on the part of whoever, John Dorsey, uh, maybe in part Hugh Jackson, uh, to get Todd Haley to play Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson more. And, and it just seemed like uh, Todd was expressing a little bit of dismay over that move so we have seen that it's a work in progress and that's okay I mean it doesn't always have to be pretty it doesn't always have to be perfect as long as you get to the point where these two guys are working together and the offense is effective and efficient that's all that matters
1: yeah (laughs) I don't know if we're gonna get there I I guess we're gonna find out soon um so how, how about this neither of us are offensive coordinators neither of us get paid like offensive coordinators um Is is there you know? Give me one thing you would do though. Put on your offensive coordinator hat. I'm going to think up one too. One thing you would do to fix the Browns' offense.
0: Well, one thing that I would do, I would get Duke more involved in the passing game. I would get him more involved immediately because, uh, because he's reliable, because he's going to catch the ball for you, and he is going to make yards after the catch. He needs to be more of an option for Baker Mayfield, who's struggling right now. He's looking out there, and he's not seeing Richard Higgins, who was his favorite target. Uh, he's struggling to, to get the ball into the hands of guys like Antonio Callaway. He's hardly even throwing to him anymore. Uh, so he just doesn't have a lot of options right now. So I would work Duke in there a lot more.
1: Um, yeah, that, that's one. I, I would do a little more kind of horizontal stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. let's get the ball to Duke in space, get the ball to Jarvis Landry, you know, out wide and let him make someone miss, which we've seen him do. You know, Todd Haley has been very vertical so far in this offense, Mm -hmm. I think. And and I think he's got that stuff in his playbook that he used to use Antonio Brown for Le'Veon Bell for, obviously you don't have that type of talent here, but you've still got some guys that if you get them the ball quick and put them in situations where they just have to make like one guy miss or two guys miss, Mm -hmm. They have the ability to do that so you know they've shown that a little with duke but they haven't really gone to it yet where duke will kind of stand out wide and there'll be a fake to him or something and baker hasn't really gone to him yet you know so so i'd love to see a little bit more of that
0: yeah, you know, and I I do think that it is hurting them that they don't really they can't really stretch a defense right now with a lot of good speed. Yeah. Now that's one of the reasons they brought in Brashard uh and he's integrating into the offense. But they need that. They need to be able to stretch a defense, and you know that's one of the reasons why you have an Antonio Callaway. But for whatever reason, it just really hasn't worked out. So if by Tuesday they can find another good receiver. Uh, I think they should go out and and find that player and bring him in and throw him out on the field.
1: Okay, so let's go there. Let's go to the trade deadline before we get to uh, the the game coming up on Sunday. Um, Tuesday is the deadline. Four o'clock is when the Browns have to... We all know that very well after Mm -hmm. what happened last year. Four o'clock is the deadline to get that paperwork turned in. Um, Amari Cooper went for a first round pick to Dallas. Now, I... I certainly wouldn't have given up a first-round pick. I'm not going to sit here and blame the Browns if they they could have gotten in on that for not wanting to give up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. But I do wonder if there's going to be somebody out there that they could get for maybe a third. And do they have a third this year? I think they do. Yeah, they do. I I don't know off the top of my head, but a third, a fourth, or maybe a day three pick or something like that. If there's someone that they could figure out a way to add just to make them a little bit better at that position.
0: Danny Shelton was their third, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, maybe that's what they got back for Dana. Um, I, I can't. Re- they have, always have so many draft I picks. I can't remember.
0: Well, they have. Uh, they, they have a. They have three fifth rounders, so they can mess around with some draft picks. Now, again, I wouldn't give up a high draft pick because the way things are going this season, it doesn't look like uh, it looks like they're going to be picking fairly high again in the first round. So you definitely don't want to give up a first rounder. I don't know now. It looks like Devontae Parker had a big game last night, mm-hmm. so there's a good chance that they won't trade him. Even though the agent said that Dolphins coach Adam Gase is incompetent, <laughs> um, it, you know that one might not be a possibility. But maybe there's another guy out there somewhere uh, that you can find. You know, I said go for Odell Beckham Jr. But and hey, if they're having a fire sale you know, up there,
1: no, that's a guy you would consider giving up a first. Oh run, yeah, right? I mean I that's a that. guy who has that type of talent. Yeah. He was a first round pick. He's played like a first round pick. Right. Still young. That's a guy you would, you would seriously consider giving up a first-round pick
0: for. Yeah, I, I would do that. I would definitely do that. Um, and it would I, probably
1: cost more than that. But, yeah,
0: yeah, it might even cost two first-round picks. But, yeah. um, you know, feeling like the Browns are going to be ready to contend next year when Baker's in his second year if he's surrounded by better weapons, you know, I, I would go ahead and do that because I think that, you know, they will only be a couple of pieces away next year from actually making a pretty good run at this. And um, – You know, I I would add Odell, and I've outlined that in columns before because of Adam Henry as coach, because of his good friend Jarvis Landry, because I think he'd probably like to play with Baker Mayfield. Uh, So for some of these reasons, I mean, he's he's already played in the Big Apple. He's played in New York, and, you know, it doesn't seem like, it does not seem to me like that would be a deterrent to him. Um, I've already asked Jarvis about would he like to play here, and he said, yes, Odell would like to play here for the Browns. So I would try for that. I would go for that because they are having a little bit of a a fire sale up there in New York. And, uh, you know, he has had some well-documented issues with the team and all that sort of stuff. So I would toss my hat into that ring for sure. Um, But short of that, which probably isn't really going to happen, I would still – Scour every roster that I could possibly come up with, and and try to find something to help this offense. Yeah, and
1: I I think there's some, you know, there's some contract issues too with Beckham, where it would cost the Giants a lot of money
0: next year. It would, yes. But still,
1: you know, hey, if if they're looking to take, if they're looking to trade him, the Browns should get on the phone.
0: Right. But if you're getting enough back in draft pick compensation, it makes up for the money that you're losing.
1: And and the other thing too is we've seen uh, again, we've seen it here play out, but we've seen it other places play out as well. It's easy to say, you know what? Don't make a trade. Go use your first. First round pick on a wide receiver. Yeah. Well, we've seen recently first round wide receivers have not panned out. You know, Corey Coleman, obviously we saw here, but there have been yeah. others as well uh, from that draft, other drafts that just haven't panned out um, when you take a guy in the first round. So if you can get a proven commodity, yeah, y- you know, you like to take a shot like that and it would help Baker the rest of the year because no matter what happens from here on out, if they win Sunday and stay in the division race or they lose Sunday and it's draft season all of a sudden, Um, you still need to develop Baker Mayfield either way.
0: Well, you can see that Baker Mayfield is getting sacked at an alarming rate. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. Um, One of which is he doesn't have enough weapons around him. He's looking out there and he's not liking what he's seeing or trusting enough of what he's seeing to get that ball out as quickly as he needs to. So I think if you give him a few more weapons, then I think he would have more confidence to just hit that step, and get that ball out because that's what needs to happen. He's been sacked five times in each of the last three games for a total of 18 on the season. That's 10th in the NFL despite the fact that he missed the first two and a half games. That's too many because one of these times, one of these times, you know, he just might not get up feeling as good as he has so far.
1: Yeah, it it was shocking. I was putting together the the things to watch post that I put up on Saturdays, and I, I looked on Pro Football Reference, and they had him for 15 sacks in the last three games. And it was one of those numbers where I'm like, I knew he had gotten sacked a lot, but I had to actually go back into the game books that they give us and just double check to make sure that number was correct, because it was still a shocking number, 15 sacks in three games.
0: Yeah, it, it is a lot. Now, some of it, again, is because he's holding the ball a little bit too long in certain situations. But why is he doing that? It's not because he doesn't have the field vision to look out there and see where the right place to go is with the football. He's just not seeing enough right places to go with the football. He needs to trust that people are going to catch it and to be there and to be exactly where they're supposed to be and run precise routes. Well, again, as we heard from Todd Haley yesterday too, uh, it is a young offense and you've got some young guys that are struggling a little bit. You know, David Njoku dropped a third down pass on the third drive. That didn't help matters. Uh, You know, you've got, again, you've got Antonio Callaway struggling. Damian Ratley is new and young. Brashad Perriman is new. So he's going to Jarvis Landry a ton, but hey, if the Steelers decide they want to double team Jarvis Landry and take him out of the game, that's going to uh, make life really difficult for Baker Mayfield, so I just think they need to get some other guys in here,
1: yeah he could and he could definitely use a guy like Njoku, becoming a little more consistent yes. you know we've seen his ability to go up and get the football in the end zone yep he's got to, he's got to start making those simple catches for Baker too, and especially on third down
0: yes definitely
1: um let's talk about the Steelers coming up on Sunday, as I said we're recording this Friday afternoon uh, the Browns play the Steelers and you know, it's interesting, for as doomsday as this week has been here in Berea, mm-hmm. and you know, rightfully so, that's just the way things are going right now, um, this game is still a very important game as far as this season is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers have the lead in the division, yep. but the Browns, as, as you've mentioned in multiple places, are only one win behind the Steelers. Yeah. If the Browns win on Sunday, they're only one loss behind the Steelers. Right. Um, the Bengals and Ravens, uh, the Browns are, I believe, two back of them in the loss column but mm-hmm. they still have a game against Baltimore and two against the Bengals so you know a lot can happen and, and I don't know that this team is gonna I don't think this team is ultimately going to contend in the AFC North but if you win on Sunday at least you get to kind of say for a week or so hey yeah we're, we're still in this division race It it yeah. matters
0: yeah they're undefeated in the division right now the Browns are you are undefeated in the division, and that's a pretty cool thing to be able to say, considering that you have already played the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. So I think, I mean, that serves notice in my mind to the AFC North that you're here this season and that you're for real. Having said that, again, I don't think they have the horses to keep pace in some of the shootouts that are going to happen in this division. They just, you know, when you've got... Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster on the other side, and then you've got, you know, A.J. Green and, and now some of the receivers that the Ravens have. I mean, you're just not going to be able to keep up. And they haven't been able to keep up the past couple of weeks, obviously. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they could. If they go in, this is such a big game it, for so <laughs> many reasons. Because yeah. one of One of the reasons is because so many people – uh, we hear it every day on the radio. It's mostly a talk radio thing right now. So many people are calling for Hugh Jackson's head. Okay, if if the the quickest way to quiet that down and to let cooler heads prevail is to go out and win this football game. Now again, it's very very challenging to do that when you do have some rookies at very very key positions, including left tackle, including X receiver, including quarterback. And it's going to be hard in Pittsburgh to go up against this really good defense. Where are they again in sacks, Dan?
1: Uh, They are tied for second.
0: Tied for second in 20. I believe they have 22. And so, and part of it is, you know, part of it is Baker, but part of it is the protection. Okay. There have been some protection issues, which is one of the reasons I think they played that that Todd Haley liked to keep Carlos Hyde in there. Yeah. Um, But they're going to have to protect him. And he's going to have to get that ball out very quickly.
1: Yeah, um, it's going to be (laughs) – it'll be really interesting to see this. Browns defense, of course, forced six turnovers Mm -hmm. against the Steelers. They're going to need to keep doing that. Uh, But it really does. I mean, we keep harping on it. It comes back to the offense. This defense, it's hard for me to believe they're going to continue at this pace for the rest of the year. Now, look, we're through seven games, and they're at this pace, 20 Mm -hmm. turnovers. But it's just a big ask every week. Hey, you know, we're going to force six turnovers in the first game, and the offense isn't going to be able to score enough to win the game. Yeah. How many was it last week? Was it five last week? They were plus four in turnovers. Um, plus three. It was four Plus to take- three. They had four. Yeah. And so they were plus three in turnovers. And you lose that game. Uh, you just you can't continue to do that.
0: No. And they have lived and died off of the takeaway this season. They wouldn't even really have – two victories and they would not have been in all of these games going to overtime if it had not been for all of these takeaways. There is no way. I mean they are that is the only reason why and they could be right now they could be whatever they could have four or five six victories because of all these takeaways and they should but again you cannot count on those. I mean how often are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to turn the ball over six times. It's happened twice I think in In the rivalry, or no, maybe I'm thinking of something else. But um, six times they took it away (laughs) in the first game. I mean, you can't count on that. And they tied them.
1: They tied
0: them with six takeaways. And
1: they needed Jabril Peppers to return a ball to the one yard line to to convert one of those into a touchdown.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, so you've got to be more fundamentally sound on both sides of the ball and not have to count on. Doing that you've got to find ways to score you've got to find ways to move the ball and you've got you've absolutely have to as they say score the football
1: and you know what going back to you jackson you said you got to win yeah right i mean this this has been a season about winning and losing yeah. and so far it's four losses two wins and a tie so at some point and i know the schedule hasn't been easy i, I know you're you're banged up but if winning games will will quiet the noise a little bit, and that's that's really what the Browns need. They just need a week, because look, they're they're not beating Kansas City. No. Um, n- neither of us, I don't I don't think either of us are going to pick them to beat Kansas City. I'd be surprised if anybody actually believes they'll beat Kansas City. But yeah. you can quiet the noise this week if yeah. you go to Pittsburgh and win. Just get through Kansas City week, and then you've got Atlanta. I don't know what Atlanta is. They're better than the Browns, but I don't know that. But they're not unbeatable like the Chiefs are. Right. You know, you you just you never know where it's going to go, but it starts with this weekend.
0: Yeah, it, it really does. But there are things to consider heading into this game. I'm going to rattle off a few numbers that that are not going to make fans very happy. <laughs> but Ben Roethlisberger, 21-2 and one against the Browns. The Browns have lost 14 straight in Pittsburgh. They've lost 24 overall straight on the road. This is going to be a very, very mm-hmm. difficult game for them to win, especially especially with a rookie quarterback. If he can go in there and pull this off, he will he will have a key to the city and there will <laughs> almost be a parade for him when he comes back.
1: And, and he will forever be on Hugh Jackson's Christmas card Oh, list. my goodness.
0: <laughs> it would be absolutely unbelievable for him, for this team. Like you said, it will quiet the noise. It will get people off everyone's back. Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley might even end up having dinner together. <laughs> That I don't. I
1: wouldn't go that far, but you know.
0: So yeah, it it, it would go a long, long way towards um, towards showing that they have have arrived in the AFC North.
1: Maybe Hugh and Todd could head over to Sibling Revelry Brewing, yes, and have a, an Ohio native fest beer.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um, so thank you to them, SiblingRevelryBrewing.com. dot com. That's our sponsor here on the Orange Brown Talk Podcast. You are not picking the Browns this week, correct?
0: I am not. You are not. How about you?
1: I am. I don't tell, know why. Tell uh, me about it, Dan. 24-23. 20, that's, that's my score. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think, so to me, uh, this is sort of why I picked them to beat Tampa. I think there's certain offenses that feed into what this defense does, and I think Tampa was one of them. I think Pittsburgh's another. I think if you have a quarterback that holds the ball, who's looking downfield, who's not afraid to take shots, that plays into Greg Williams' hands, and that plays into the defense's hands. And if they can force turnovers, they're not going to get six again. Let's say they get three turnovers, which I think is possible. Um, If the offense can somehow find a way to convert those into points, they can come away with a close win.
0: Well, I suppose it could happen because I am of the belief that that this Browns team can beat anyone this year in part because of the the takeaways. Uh, There are issues on both sides of the ball. But if you can win the turnover battle, you should be able to win football games. It happens like 80% of the time if you can do that. So they just need to try to force Ben into taking some chances, taking some risks. Uh, You're going to have another uh, big challenge for Denzel Ward. You know, the Steelers are going to come in here. They're going to want to prove something. They did not like the fact that they tied the Browns in that game. And, you know, that could loom large when you get to the end of the season in terms of playoff implications and things like that. They've also lost – both of their losses have come at home. So they yes. have something to prove just to establish their home field advantage and their dominance at home. So these are some reasons why I actually picked the Browns to lose this game 27-20. to 20. All right.
1: So there we go. Uh, Browns and Steelers on Sunday. We will try and get a post-game podcast uh, after that one, and then we'll um, – Got the trade deadline coming up. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that we can kind of build some podcasts around. Uh, thanks to Sibling Revelry Brewing for sponsoring us. Sibling SiblingRevelryBrewing.com. Thanks to all of you for listening. For Mary Kay Cabot, I'm Dan Lobby.